Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Fitbar Pod. We are the podcast to talk about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. Remember us. My name's John and your name is? Can't even remember. <laughs> Who are you? It's gone. <laughs> that's it. John, that's it. You're the guy that's top of the league, aren't you? Second now. Second. <laughs> second. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We've, we've moved venues. I now live in a studio flat, so my bed pulls out from the wall. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I'm it's hoping I don't end up like Flat Stanley. You know, that the, the bed just flicks up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a lot of lots been happening the last couple of months. You've moved yeah. twice. I've moved twice. As many that's as, is that more or less than prime ministers we've had? About the same amount, yeah. Same amount. We've got Most of the prime ministers. How many four weddings months. we had? Four weddings, I think. Oh, four weddings it was, wasn't it? It's been, yes, quite some time that has passed, listeners. Uh, two months, I believe. So, yeah, lots obviously to catch up on, but um, good to be back, isn't it? It is. And what did we learn about the weddings? It's- Jewish weddings are a lot of fun. Jewish weddings are a lot of fun, and Tipperary is a long way. Tipperary is a long way. On a and generally, it crosses cultures and countries. But one thing that seems to be consistent at all the weddings that I've gone to, wherever they are, is it involves a lot of lads chanting and singing and probably taking their shirts off. Yes. That is the, the common thread. <laughs> so there was that, almost, that almost broke me. I think that, you know, finally recovering, finally able to, to, to kind of string a sentence together on a podcast. So... Probably, probably be a good thing that we've taken a bit of time off, John. And you ran a half marathon. I did, I did. Yeah, first one, following in your footsteps. Very yeah, good. Yeah, up there to the, the Ultraman world at, at, at some point. But yeah, it was good. It was good. Trying to get back to some semblance of being healthy. So we're back. We're back, yeah. listeners, and hopefully you're back with us. And sorry for our uh, prolonged absence, but life is getting in the way a bit. But here we go. Scobie, we've been chatting about how we think we'll take on the podcast. Given it's been so long, yeah. we thought we'd just do a run of the table. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. We're exactly three weeks um, out from the World Cup. We have three game weeks left, um, including a fun one this weekend. It kicks off on Friday night. We've got two games on Friday night. Ooh. Really quite enjoying the, the Friday night Scottish Premiership games. What do you think of them, John? Yeah, yeah, big fan of the Friday night football. Um, you know, who doesn't want to stay in and watch um, what will be uh, Hibs Aberdeen or Aberdeen Hibs, I should say. It's up at Pataudre on Friday night. That'll be, yeah, really, really good ones to watch. I mean, what's that third against fifth in the league? Fantastic. 34, Excellent. Fourth in the league. Hopefully, um, a good advert for Scottish football that as well. Yeah, yeah. So that should be good fun. You know, all for um, making that. Obviously, uh, good fun for everyone going as well, so that's decent. Mm. Uh, yeah, as you say, we've got we've got a short run into the World Cup, um, so that's good. And we've um, we've had VAR introduced to Scobie. VAR is here. Yeah, it was quite the opening weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I'm sure we'll come we'll come on to the separate incidents, including mm. that Tony Watt uh, decision from Willie Collum that has uh, been overturned as of today. Yes, so I have seen hot off the press. Yeah. Um, hot of the press indeed so we will of course hopefully listeners you know that we will always start at the bottom because that's what we're really here for yeah and we can stay on and gloss over uh, 
the top six later on. Yes, exactly. Where else, where else to start? Where Hearts actually were on Sunday, up in Dingwall, up uh, with Malky Mackay's men who have, Scobie, let's be honest, this season struggled. Um, it would seem that there is a, who would have thought, Reagan, Charles, Cook and humble-sized hole left in that team after those two um, excellent players uh, left in the summer. And they've just seemed to have struggled to replace them, have they not? They definitely have. They definitely have. Uh, I think that's the key thing to say about Ross Kenji this season so far, sadly. One thing that really uh, set them aside and, and got them where they got to last year was uh, that incredible goal scoring that they were um, that they were able to get done, uh, particularly in the second half of the season. This year is a completely different story. Seven goals, the least uh, in the in the league so far, seven in 13 games, you're basically going at half a goal a game, which is not great. Uh, Mackay says, look, we were in this similar situation this time last year. We were able to turn it around. He said he saw sort of promising things against us at the weekend. I must say, I was delighted with that victory. I think, particularly off the back of it, and we'll come on to Hearts obviously later, but off the back of the European game. And Ross County have been a bit of a bogey team for us, almost as bad as Kilmarnock. Um, you know, in recent years. So to get a win there was, was good. So he, he thinks there's positive signs. Do you think they can really turn it around with any without any transfers, John? Um, no, but I'm just going to hold you up on that Hearts stat. I might, be, to be fair, be at Tynecastle, but Hearts are now unbeaten in their last 10 visits to Dingwall. Wow. And their only defeat in Dingwall came back in September 2013. So it's five wins, five draws. So winning half your games up there. Right. So it oh, it never feels like it. Some poorer stuff there. But even though I thought it felt huge in parts. But yeah, um, it's difficult to see Ross. I mean, if we remember back to last season, Ross Kenny, what really turned it was they had that 5-0 win against Dundee, mm-hmm. if you remember. And it yeah. sort of seemed to kickstart the, the, the league campaign. And I'm just not quite sure where that's going to come from uh, for them th- this season. Just the one win in the last five outings. And up, coming up before the, the World Cup split, You've got uh, St Mirren next, which feels like a big one. Um, St Mirren, who, as again, we'll come on to, have been uh, probably the surprise package of the season so far. Um, if we're talking talking about the sort of smaller budgeted sides, and then it's Celtic and Hibs after that. So they really need to get something from that St Mirren game coming up. Yeah, they really do. They really do. And what I've tried to do is, well, as we go through, you know, is kind of pick out players that, uh, I see maybe a player to watch um, at this point in time. And there was also quite a lot of chat about where Edwards um, at Ross County. Is he going to be the player that's going to fill that role? Maybe more like a kind of humble role. Um, lots of assists and kind of drive some change in the midfield. Not seen it quite yet. He has scored points. The person I'm going to go for, and it's the sort of old classic, but uh, I think Jakovetti uh, at 2.6 million is a relative steal. Um, the fixtures ahead are terrible, though. So, to be honest, I was scraping around in the barrel a bit, yeah, yeah. John. I, I can't really find anything to get excited about Ross County. Can you? Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I mean, you know what? I think there was, you know, reading sort of Ross County fans' input was they're saying it possibly the best performance of the season against Hearts on Sunday. They were very happy with it. And the guy that was sort of in the main creating the biggest threat against Hearts was Jan Danda. Um, so I think if anything is going to happen for them going forward, um, it, it's going to be it's going to come through him. So he'd be my my shout um, for, for for Ross County. So, I mean, Yakovetti has scored more than Barry Mackay, Bizu, Yakamakis, Watt, Nubly. It's quite impressive actually his points haul. How he's done it, I don't quite know. Anyway, 
Uh, we move on from Ross County. We'll progress yeah. up the table. We've got 12 teams to get to. We're going to go into Dundee United, John. Departure oh. Jack Ross has been the right decision. Who would have thought? Uh, and slowly but surely, I think Dundee United are showing signs of progression. Two uh, tight losses against Motherwell and St Mirren there, but they've had points picked up against County, against Hibs, and of course, who could forget that drubbing of Aberdeen in the past five games. Mm. Um, I don't quite know what happened to Aberdeen that day, but you know, it kind of showed signs of where Dundee United Oh, came. that hurt. Yeah, yeah, that really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> With only uh, two goals in the sister's name, Steam Fletcher's been a bit of a letdown. Uh, I think at 4.8 million, he's just kind of not in the conversation when it comes to strikers. We'll go yeah. on to talk about more of the strikers, I know that, um, but it's just unbelievably competitive there at the moment. So Dundee United, showing some signs. Are you getting excited about them at all? No, and I'm, it's not just because I'm sour. And yes, I am still sour about something. <laughs> uh, I was actually at one of those weddings we were talking about. And uh, it was like a five... Oh, that was one of the weird kickoffs as well, wasn't it? It was like an yeah. evening kickoff. So I yeah, was, it was. Yeah, I was sat on the the, the wedding table with my phone out uh, watching on some dodgy website where sort of <laughs> it's come like pop-ups all the time on your phone and stuff and was getting daggers from everyone uh, and then was actually really sour because we lost 4-0 but it's not just because of that I mean they got two wins around them but since then they have gone on to lose uh, two straight two straight defeats um, and I'm not I'm not I'm not quite as positive as you I think United have got a bit of a stink around them this season the mm. goalkeeping situation is a real problem um, we all knew it'd be difficult to replace Benjamin Segrist uh, you know, one of the most consistent goalkeepers in the Scottish top flight in the last three seasons. And what they did was go for Bergetti for the Australian bloke who, quite frankly, if he goes to the World Cup, will be the worst goalkeeper at the World Cup by a country mile. <laughs> and then Ericsson, who's come in and done okay, but is definitely a number two um, at this level. So they, they don't have a proper number one goalkeeper. And I think that really, really pulls them down. And they sort of, to me, are in that bucket of, are they too good to go down? You know, you think of Hibs in 2014, you think of Killy 2021, you think of Hearts, I forget the year because you go down so much, was it 1920? Probably the one you had the best squad that went and got relegated. When you think of like the players you're talking about, like Stephen Fletcher, Tony Watt, Dylan Levitt, Jamie McGrath. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that confident about them. I, th I think they're, going in, they're, they're really going in the wrong direction. Um, so still in a void for me just now, Scobie. With that in mind, and talking of the VAR decision, you know, if we're sitting here, to, I know they were 1-0 down at the time, and there's nothing to say yeah. that they would have come back into that game, but, no. you know, clearly it doesn't help. After 22, 22 minutes, Motherwell 1-0 up. After 40 minutes, they get sent off. Dundee United are at home. They could have come back into the game. If they get a win there, we're talking three wins in their last five games, and it's a completely different story. You know, it's not like Motherwell blew them away after that. Um, but they had nothing they had nothing they're playing shite yeah. they didn't win. Okay. just trying to throw that one in there <laughs> okay you're worried about yeah. I, I, I think they're going to be in and around the bottom of the division for the rest of the season I think both those teams we've talked about are going to be in that relegation battle absolutely nailed on yeah I can't really see much from either where we go next John where are we going next? This is where the league gets quite tight, <laughs> depending on what uh, yes. what metric you use to measure uh, who's next to the league. Actually, no, that's a lie. Killy are still a little bit of a drift. They're on 12, they're on 12 points, three points better off than the two teams we just talked about. Um, 
Killy been a been an interesting one this season. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the new boys back in the division, couple of wins in the last five, and then we're sort of brought brought back down to earth um, with that recent defeat against St Johnston, one that you'd probably get to. Um, you'd have probably thought that maybe they would have overcome them. And we'll come on to St Johnston, very strange side this season. Yes. Um, yeah. who, who's got me excited at Kilmarnock this season? I think there's one man, and it's Danny Armstrong, isn't it? Yeah. You know, four goals. Um, this season, he obviously got that brace um, against. Well, there was the brace against St Johnston, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Scored, scored in the cup as well. Kick. Yeah, yeah. So he's been really good this season, and a guy that's been sort of getting me off my seat when I'm watching Killy. Mm. Yeah, I mean they've got good fixtures to come as well. Come on, like, I, I'm quite excited about come on. Like, I think McKinnis will do it. I don't see them going down. I can kind of see say that with confidence. No, I don't think they're going to be the bottom side, and I don't think anyone's going to beat them if they were to go to a playoff. So I, I think Kilmarnock are going to hang around. I think McKenzie will do that job. I like the run as well. They've got Livingston, Dundee United and Hibs. Um, you know, I don't think there's any easy games at the moment. And Hibs, you know, are playing very well. But I think that's three games they'll be targeting points from. Yeah. Um, and then, they, you know, then they go Hearts, Motherwell, Aberdeen in December. So again, three quite, you know, they, they, we talked about at the start of the season, they had a, they had a loaded front end of the season with the old firm and quite a lot of difficult games. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, their, their fixtures are, are not easing, but, you know, Hearts, Motherwell, Aberdeen, they'll, they'll love that. Kilmarnock, as we know, love playing Hearts, love beating Hearts, mm. beat Hearts out of the cup. Um, yeah, so let's hope that one we, we can reverse the our favour, our, our fortune, sorry. But I like the next six fixtures for them. Um, why not? Yeah, yeah. And what the man that there's been the, the, the sort of central in fantasy football Scotland terms, Scobie, is Ash Taylor, who was called yeah. out on this podcast in the um, in the preview that if I scored if he scored five goals this season, how much did you owe me? I can't quite remember. Uh, but he's on three this season and he's like a bit of a bonus point magnet as well. And he's really well trusted by Derek McInnes. Um, yeah. I did always think that. I mean, God, we'll get on to Aberdeen's sort of central defence problems, but I definitely would still take Ash Taylor back at Petaudry in a heartbeat. Um, and yeah, him and him and McInnes have a really strong relationship. Taylor knows his way around the league. And my days is that man a set-piece threat when he, <laughs> he launches himself up with those beautiful flowing locks. Uh, so yeah, really, yeah, really excited about him. Is there any other players that you'd pick out in particular at Rugby Park? No, that was going to be kind of the same thing for me, to be honest, between him and and, and Danny Armstrong. I, I think there's just a, there's a core of players there, and and, and um, you know maybe maybe one other person that I'd um, I'd throw in the mix is is Zach Hemming. I think at his price point at two and a half million, where he is at the moment for a goalie that's starting and Kelly being a tougher team at the moment, I think he's actually almost a bit of a must-have, is he not? You know, at that at that price point. Uh, it's particularly if you're thinking like I did recently of wild carding um, and yeah. changing your squad around. I think Zach Hemming is on the radar for me um, for sure. So yes, Kilmarnock, let's see where they go. Uh, goal scoring, I think, is the problem. I think this is consistent with those at the bottom of the league. And we'll, I'm going to keep talking about it all night. Spoiler alert. But they've only got nine to date. Um, I think they're backing up with a bit of defensive strength, but nine to date. And, and you know, that's an interesting one too, because we were quite interested in the, the amount of options that they had up top at the start of the season. Lafferty is obviously now serving his ban. And yeah. Shaw, you know, so there, 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 there was options there. They obviously signed Nicky Clark as well. Um, he's not really made a huge amount of impact. Um, and Christian Dodge as well, no? And Christian Dodge too, yeah. yeah. So, so a number of... Um, 
a number of options for them. Um, There's a heap of players. Oh, sorry, Nicky Klassen, St. Johnson. Sorry, I'm talking about it. It's Christian Deutsch, Christian Deutsch. It was Christian Deutsch, yeah. So there's a heap of players there that, that could do all right. And obviously McInnes has, has signed a new contract um, a couple yeah. of weeks ago that keeps him there for another couple of seasons. So that just gives them that stability. Yeah, that's again, well. the Deutsch is injured, Lafferty's bad. So yeah, it's been a, be a, a little bit unfortunate. Maybe they can get the goal scoring done when they need to. Going on to next, one of our, one of our I think one of our favourite teams on the pod, it's fair to say, or certainly our favourite manager, Livingston. Yeah. Uh, it's been a bit, bit of a roller coaster for Martindale's men so far. They've had some good runs and they've shown their quality, I think, particularly yeah. in big games against top teams. They always turn up, they're tight, hard to beat, fantastic centre-back pairing, um, which I think, you know, provides um, a lot of that stability for them. But once again... Goals. Goals are the issue. Only nine of them, just like Kilmarnock. Where are the goals coming from? Uh, and, and for me, that's it's, it sort of goes against what I'm about to say here. It's my player to watch, the one man who I do think has kind of, uh, you know, he's obviously provided goals and he's been the goal threat throughout. It's Nuble. It's Joel Nuble. He's 4.6 million. Yeah. Look, he is a handful. We saw that the first game of the season against Rangers when they almost upset them. He got his goal. He's involved in everything good from an attacking point of view um, within Livingston right now, when he's not on Twitter, that is. Um, and he's had three goals <laughs> and had two assists. Well, you might say it's good on Twitter, uh, depending on which side you sit on. But, yeah. um, but he had no idea what that what those words meant about Rangers, I'm sure. <laughs> he scored two goals against Rangers this season, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Seems to love it. Loves the big matches. Mm-hmm. Really is a handful. So and to be fair, against Celtic at the weekend before they sort of got steamrolled and Celtic put in probably, well, arguably one of their best league performances this season. You know, had Nubley scored in the first five minutes, maybe it's a different a different game. Yeah, so, yeah. I'd love to see. I mean, not to disrespect Livingston, I'd love to see Nubley a, a, a sort of a club that creates a bit more in the in the sense, you know, higher up the division. Um, like, you know. Yeah. It's funny because they had another uh, striker, big striker that they ended up moving to a bigger club in the in the league. But I can't remember how well it went. I don't think it went too well. Yeah, we don't need him now. We've got the Duke. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, Living, I mean Livingston are just like constantly a good news story. There was an excellent piece in the Athletic. Uh, one of the one of their journalists sort of went behind behind the lines in the week leading up to the Rangers game and just was absolutely. Uh, amazed at the level of detail that Livingston go through um, and thorough sort of preparation that they do to make sure that, because obviously they are the, the most constrained club by resource in the division and they just do so much um, brilliant extra work, whether it be S&C, whether it be yoga classes, I know you're taking now Scobie this evening, <laughs> um, you know, research on different players and that, and that all came to fruition against against Rangers that, um, you know, they got that one-all draw and they definitely could have come away with the three points recently. Yeah, and they, they just dropped off slightly. Look, they are they are the sort of inspiration, I think, to a lot of, to a lot of Scottish clubs because, you know, you listen to, like, Lee Johnson's comments recently on Hibs and talking about how everyone's so fearful of the old firm. And Livingston always seemed to, you know, have a really good go at them. Celtic for the last seven games hadn't, hadn't won at the, at the Tony Macaroni before they won the last two um, so, yeah, you just love everything that Martindale's about um, and just making them, you know, hard workers and difficult to beat. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, for me as well, I think Obelai, as I've said, is, you know, fantastic. I, I genuinely would love to see Hearts go out there and sign him 
in January. I think is exactly what we need, just a bit of consistency there. Kelly next to him has played really well all season. Mm. Um, and also Fitzwater, because he, kind of, he was playing a bit more um, certainly earlier in the season. So, you know, Devlin are right back. They've got a really strong back line there. And, and I, as I say, I'd, I'd be sort of happy for when we're crying out for centre-backs and strong pairings of, yeah. you know, it's really good to see uh, to see that, so one one guy who's obviously not uh, built on what was an excellent um, maiden full campaign at Livingston last season is Bruce Anderson. Mm. Uh, obviously, Joel Nubley has, has has taken the reins as that sort of main centre forward, and Martindale seems reluctant to play two up front, but it's a huge asset to have coming off the bench in games, isn't it? I mean, Anderson's proven himself at this level to be a good goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, I find it's like shocking that we're talking about that at this stage in the season. If you'd asked us back in, a, you know, the end of July and start of August, if, if Bruce, what Bruce Anderson would be doing this season, I'd be telling you he'd be scoring a hell of a lot of goals like he was last season. He was so good. He was absolutely nailed on in every fantasy football Scotland lineup. And it's, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. But look, who are we to doubt David Martindale's methods, John? Yeah, yeah, no, certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, Big wigs enough to be doing that, so we'll swiftly move on before Davey comes and finds us. <laughs> right now, we're into the the part of the table that is getting congested. Uh, you've got three teams on sixteen points to round up this bottom six review. Livingston were obviously the first of that, and we've got two teams left. St Johnston now, Scobie. Yeah, uh, they're fresh off the back of two wins. One win, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed this one with Hibs having a fantastic effort to sell out Easter Road, you know, over 20,000, biggest support they've had in there in, in decades, which was, which was incredible on a Friday night. And, of course, they had to uh, go and um, shite the bed, um, having been comfortably 1-0 up. And then it was the Stevie May show in the second half. And then St. Johnston have then gone on and built that, as we discussed, and, and gone and got a 1-0 win against Kilmarnock in their last game. And... There's, there's there's daylight between them and the bottom of the division and all of a sudden they're looking at the top six. Absolutely brilliant. I was, I was looking back on it. If you look at the, They played six games in October as well. It's a lot of football. Every single yeah. one of those games was decided by a single goal. Three wins for them, three losses, including one against Celtic, you know, which goes to show they're in those games. You know, they're, they're, they're in, they were in with a chance in each and every one of them and, and obviously did um, come away with the... You know where the wins uh, where they did so. So I was saying, you know, is it is it too early to get excited about Saints again? Um, what do you think? No, not at all, not at all. Uh, I mean, they just they're a pretty bogging team, really. <laughs> you know, just the players they've got there, sort of Conor McLaren, who's like quite rightly been shifted on from Aberdeen and just sort of never really fulfilled his potential. Stevie May is the main one that gets me excited. I mean, loving his gritty celebrations every time he scores now. Just <laughs> brilliant. Uh, and it, a great goal at Easter Road. And he got, got I don't think he can claim that goal at the weekend. Uh, but he looks like a player that's getting back to that, that guy that got him his big move down south to, to Sheffield Wednesday before. But yeah, there's just, I just don't get it with St. Johnson, to be honest. Like they, they're, they're a pretty agricultural side and, um, but they, they seem to be grinding out the results uh, at, the, at this stage in the season and, and good for them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as, as it was, and, uh, right and say Nicky Clark did sign for St. Johnson. Apologies. Yes, yes. Not there, But Nicky Clark there, he popped up the goal there, didn't he? Melker Holberg at his old club, he also put a performance in. I've liked Holberg actually for, you know, a number of seasons since I've seen him there. Mm. And there's one man, I think Aberdeen, 
uh, judging by the defensive record, could do with having back um, alongside Ash Taylor, would you not have uh, Andrew Considine uh, still? Yeah, I mean, it would certainly be a decent enough option there. And uh, yeah, good to see, good to see Conzi back in the back in the position. Yeah, two ex Aberdeen defenders having, having cracking seasons, aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah Nicky, Nicky Clark seems to have really taken on that Stephen McLean role, hasn't he? Yeah. Just sort of workhorse um, and uh, yeah, just being an absolute horrendous player to mark. And, Absolutely. Uh, but look, this is it. This is what what's changed this year, what's making them look a bit more like. The, uh, the Davidson team, which swept to two cups in a single season only two years ago, it is finally that they are scoring some goals. So just, just to put it into context, last season, they scored 24 goals in 38 games. This season, 14 goals in 13 games so far. So yeah. they're I mean, marching up against that record already. I mean, 24 goals in a season. <laughs> It just shows a state of it that we're getting excited because they scored just over one goal a game. Yeah, I know, but that for them is, I mean, yeah, yeah unbelievable. You don't need to be an accountant to know that's a positive trend, John. Uh, but look, my picks, oh, interestingly enough, interesting little tidbit for you, a little stat here. St. Johnston have got the most yellow cards in the league with 40 oh. yellow cards so I far. I mean, that does not surprise me one little bit, having watched uh, a fair amount of them this season. <laughs> On the flip side, Hearts have the least with 18, but they have the most red cards with three. Wow, there you go. There you go. Stats everywhere. Stats. That's my homework. There you go. <laughs> um, right, pit player I'm going to pick out to watch from St. Johnston. I think Alex Mitchell at two and a half million looks quite good value behind some of the bigger names, obviously, that we've talked about, like me and Conte that are succeeding for the Super Jays this year. He's got a good amount of um, good amount of points so far, um, and he seems to have uh, fairly sewn up his, his place in the starting 11. So maybe a cheaper defending option if you're looking for one at St. Johnston. Have a look at Alex Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, and just sort of to, to, to continue on on that the, that sort of defensive theme, Remy Matthews, I think, you know, in stark contrast to what I was saying about Dundee United not being able to replace their goalkeeper who's been decent for the last few years, what St. Johnston have been done well yeah. is replacing Xander Clark with uh, Remy Matthews, who's come in, uh, played 13. They've got clean, three clean sheets, 30 saves in that time, um, and a really good return um, on uh, total points of 37 points a season in fantasy football Scotland. Quite a nice safe shout, I think, in, uh, for St Johnston there, because obviously they'll concede a few chances. He seems to be saving them, and you'll get the odd clean sheet there as well. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Mitchell did give away the penalty, I must say, the other day. Anyway... Moving on, the last of the bottom six, Motherwell. What is the smell? What's the smell, Motherwell? A bit middling. I asked our, uh, our, our, our Motherwell man in the know, Murray Graham, for his views on it. It was a brief uh, overview that he gave me, but we'll, we'll go with it anyway. He said, good initial start. Anything was better than Alexander, but the shine is coming off a bit. Jury is still out. Mm. some harsh words from Murray Graham I don't know he's injected a bit of life back in the squad I mean obviously Motherwell had that very strange start to the season with Alexander going before we'd even kicked a, a you know a, a ball in the premiership um, yeah. after, you know the, the, the terrible European can you call it a run not really a European visit um, but the inconsistency this is the thing for me it seems to have remained under Alexander and I know it's a you know largely the same group of players and maybe it's down to that 
only one draw this season. I think that kind of says it all. So they got five wins, but they're seventh in the league. So lots yeah. of wins, lots of losses. And, and when they've lost badly, they've lost badly. Mm-hmm. They've actually, interestingly enough, got the stingiest defence in the league outside of the old firm alongside um, Livingston and Hibbs. So Livingston, Hibbs, uh, Motherwell, all very stingy defensively this year. They've only conceded 16 goals, um, which is very impressive and actually sort of surprising. I hadn't realised quite how defensively sound Motherwell had been. Um but yeah, a couple of players, Sunday Solholm, I think, has stood out. He's been a, a good player for them as well. And he, and he obviously got the goal at the, uh, the other week as well. So, he, you know, one to yeah. maybe to watch there. That was his first goal for the club, wasn't it? For the Norwegian yeah. um, centre half mm. uh, against against Dundee United. Yeah, I think, well, Motherwell's highlight of the season was probably seeing Tony Watt getting red carded. Paradise, <laughs> 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 those fans must have been loving that. Having a bit of taste of your old medicine. Um, which is which is really funny. Yeah, I mean, look, Kevin Van Veen. What's what he scored two hat tricks this season. Uh, so when he turned when he turns on, boy, is he exciting. And uh, yeah, I suppose that's when Motherwell um, really start returning. But yeah, it's been it's been a strange strange start for for for, for Stephen Hamill's men. Yeah, as 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 Murray says, they were they were they got they really got that new manager bounce, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Play, playing that more exciting football. Uh, short, we, I think when they when they pummeled Aberdeen three two up at Betodre, there was so much talk about how dynamic the front three were going to be. Blair Splittle was playing between the lines and uh, getting really exciting. And yeah, that's completely dropped off. I think they, for me, they need a they need a big January. Yeah, uh, there's clearly some gaps in the squad. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Hamill does when he starts to put his actual own ideas into what players they're going to bring in. They've got a, quite a tricky run we'd, I'd, I'd probably yeah they do they do into the world cup would you agree with that they do but they've got a little run of games actually sort of like one this side of world cup and two when they come back where they've got st johnson st Mirren, kilmarnock it's mm. runs like this that i think teams have got to target you know that they i'll say that as to say they've got the old firm they've got hearts as well they've got yeah. a terrible record against hearts recently so um but that kind of run of games could be could be an interesting one I agree with you about January. One thing I will say for Hamels, he seems to have been bringing a few of the younger boys through. Stuart McKinstry is one that uh, Murray pointed out that he's quite excited by. He was down at Leeds for a couple of years, wasn't he, John? Yeah. Um, and then it's come. Yeah, up. yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's been quite exciting. Uh, he's also he's two goals in his last three games, hasn't he? So I think yeah. that's a really good shout. Scoring. Yeah. yeah, really good uh, player. He thinks, and, and the other one he, he quite liked was um, Tierney, Ross Tierney, the Irish. Um, winger who, who who's sort of shown good signs. So yeah, player I was going to say to watch. It's a little bit boring, but you know, just to finish off this section, I quite like Liam Kelly to be honest. He's three point two million granted, but again, just to go back to goalies, I think it, having one of him or Carson, you might disagree with me, but I think that it feels like you know, given the strength of their defenses, going to get you a lot of points. You're not going to pay any more than that for a goalie, but I'd maybe go for someone like him and someone like Hemming. He's had five clean sheets, so is Carson. Uh, and that's level with obviously Hibs and Rangers. Uh, I mean, it depends how tight your budget is. I mean, I get to the point now where you can sort of put anyone in the team because obviously your squad value goes up quite high. But yeah. for me, Ed, a goalkeeper over three million pounds is a waste of money in this game. I think you go you go with Zach Hemming, um, who we've discussed, and you, you potentially go with uh, with another cheaper option from someone like St Johnston or Livingston. Um, I wouldn't be paying over three million, but that's just my opinion. Well, we're allowed to disagree, John. Yeah. Free world. Correct. On that note, I'm off. I'm off. (laughs) See you in two months. Yes. Let's get out of part one.
Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitback pod. We're in November. Scooby, I don't know if you saw Lewis Ferguson that scored two and two for Bologna. Yeah, well, you must have dig that one in there. Bologna okay. is becoming a becoming a farm for Scottish players to go out and uh, learn their learn their next bit of their craft, isn't it? For the for a big money move. That seems to be it. Big thing is, um, I mean, Ferguson had struggled to get uh, to get much game time at all. Uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, really. But Thiago Mota is the new manager. Oh, and wow. seems to have taken a liking to him. So uh, long may that continue. Interesting. Interesting. Well, anyway, John. Well, talking of European football, talking that was the segue. What a segue. Yes. Heart Hearts. of Midlothian. Heart of Midlothian. Glorious heart. Sixth in the league. Although I think that's harsh on us. Yes, tomorrow night marks the end of our European uh, adventure in, in the Conference League. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, look, it's been tough viewing at times, spe- specifically the Fiorentina um, legs, one of which the home one I was at, and that was not fun to be there for. Um, but I think the team can be really proud of what we've done, the effort they've put in, and ultimately the two wins that we've got. We, we dispatched the team that we were meant to dispatch on both right. home and away. Uh, Ultimately, you've beaten the team you're meant to beat twice and you've lost the teams you're meant to lose to twice, assuming you, you do get beat tomorrow night. Well, I'm yeah, sure. exactly. I think we will because Istanbul, I, I thought, with the class of the field. Fiorentina looked better, but yeah. Istanbul were very good when they came over. Which, do you know what? In Scottish teams in Europe, that is not a bad return. No. Because more often than not, we are getting embarrassed against teams that we should be doing. And I speak as like a general... Yeah. Sort of any team in Scotland seems to do worse. So, yeah. I mean, Hibs, goals, Aberdeen, Hearts, all have been terrible, particularly in like your qualifying stages of Europa League as it was before. We were really playing teams that were as good as the Riga, the team we beat. And we were just, you know. Well, we, I'd raise that and say Celtic are the biggest underachievers. Yeah, of course. In Europe. And apart yeah. from Rangers in the last couple of years, up until this season. You yeah, but we get to laugh at them a bit, John. Like, that's, okay. That's probably we get to laugh at them. Yes, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so I think, no, I think, look, we can be really happy, but I think, and also we've done that in the, you know, under, under, under a, it's just a series, an endless series of injuries that's ravaged our squad this year. Um, and clearly we've not got the depth to deal with it. So the defence particularly has to get sorted in January. I think we could do with centre backs, multiple. I think we could probably do a cover at wing back. Um, or certainly on the, on the right. I think that we could do with another striker. I think we could do with an additional winger, ideally. I think we could do with a backup for Gordon. You need all this now, well, though, that you're not going to be playing in Europe. Well, I think we... Well, well... Who's to say we're not going to finish well, well, third again this year, well, John? Yeah. Pardon? Who's to say we're not going to finish third again this year? No, no. I just, I'm just talking about the rest of the season. So is this, is this like an additional... Is this January requirements? Well, I, th- I think the centre-back stuff is like... Has to happen. Because yeah. Halkett is essentially the only out-and-out centre-back we've got, apart from young Nielsen, who's just not quite up to it yet. I know that Kingsley plays in there, and he plays in there well, and he's done it for Scotland and stuff, but he needs to have a couple of centre-backs playing there with him in mind. Cochrane's actually deputised quite well in the middle there. Civics, you know, Hearts fans loathe him. He's had a couple of good appearances, but he's... He's got a new chant now, hasn't he, Civic? Yeah, he's got a bit of a chant, yeah. He's covered himself in glory. A bit bit of redemption, um, similar to uh, Rocky Bashir at Easter Road, I think, with... with, Yeah, yeah. He did get a tough time, but it was deserved. He was yeah. shite a number of times when I when I saw him, particularly against Zurich. Um, look, we've had one clean sheet all season, 
which says it all, you know, because we were we were built off the back of a very strong defence last year with Sutter and Halke and Kingsley in that back three, and it was just it was just you know automatic. So uh, and Gord Gordon's form is is definitely dropped off, hasn't it? I mean, I know commentators basically anytime Craig Gordon makes a save, love to say how great a save it was, even though it's pretty much a bog standard save. Yeah. Made, but his his levels definitely dropped, which was only sort of natural given his age and stage of career. Sadly, is I mean for me, and I've, I've said this for a wee while. There's a sharp intake and breath around the stadium whenever somebody passes the ball back to Craig Gordon. Mm-hmm. You do you do not trust the man's feet at all. We saw that against Scotland. Was it in the Ireland game that we were at when he punted it straight at the striker who was standing in front of him, and then had to do one of his reflex drop to the side saves when he because he just put himself in that situation we obviously had the goal that he caused um i can't remember who that was against now um i believe it was against kamarnik oh yeah 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 weeks ago when it was completely his fault i mean the miscues and the mishits is like so yeah i know it feels like sacrilege saying it but yes it's probably dropping a bit mm-hmm. player yeah. to watch for me though I think going and looking forward into the rest of the season, Robert Snodgrass is back to full health and he's match fit. And I think he could be a massive asset for us for the rest of the season. He is 4.7 million, so he's not cheap, um, but he's had a couple of assists. Um, and I think he's showing flashes of his old self. I think he's going to be crucial for us. Um, and we'll be, we'll be able to kind of hopefully without the European football, although he's not been playing in that because he wasn't in the squad, yeah. you know, we'll take the burden off him as well. He can just play play important parts of games, etc. So quite yeah. excited about Snoddy. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. He's on corners now, isn't he? He was the one that took the corner for the for the second goal up at Dingwall at the weekend. And yeah, watching um watching how he played up at Todry, yeah, I mean he's clearly still got it. He's so he's so um good at at this level, basically. Obviously, he's played at much higher levels than than the Scottish Premiership, and yeah. you can really see that. And he's not a guy that's ever really had a huge amount of pace. No. So to be honest, it's always been his technique and his and his range of passing that's been great. So yeah, I think uh, he's been arguably heart signing of the, of the season. The other guy, obviously, we'll chat about Lawrence Shankland. I mean, he's just on a red hot run of form. Um, he's third top scorer in fantasy football Scotland now, Lawrence Shankland. Yeah. Uh, which which is quite something. Uh, first player to score a hat trick against Celtic since 1985. What the hell is it? Was that since 85? Yeah, name the player who did that, Scooby. Billy Stark for Aberdeen. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, Eight goals so far, and then all the European goals he scored for us too. I mean, I don't think anybody could have seen him being as good as he has been. I thought he'd maybe take some time to get back to it. He had that little terrible kind of last season in Dundee United, playing in a very bad Dundee United side. You know, obviously his time over in Belgium wasn't successful for him. So you're kind of worried him coming back into the fold and he's just been so good. So yeah. Yeah, and it's not just been penalties, has it? Obviously he scored a decent amount of them, but it's uh, it's predatory finishes as well. But um yeah, he seems to just be growing in confidence. So the striker we've we've been you know seeking since John Robertson, really. Um so wow. high praise indeed. High praise indeed. Yep. Okay, so we move on. I'm going to cover off St. Mirren, John, and set you up for fourth place. I think you'll have some things to say about them. So just to quickly cover off St. Mirren, and I mean, it's no disrespect to them. They had a nice run, the buddies, let's remember, back at the beginning of the season, which saw them win five out of six, um, including obviously that, that great 2 win over Celtic that, that ended their um, very long run. Um, slipped a bit since, but they've been kind of maintaining that place in the table because of the good work they did early in the season and continuing to pick up points here and there. With them, though, there's not an awful lot to write home about. 
And I hate to go back to it again, but 12 goals is definitely a worry for Stephen Robinson. They kind of lack an out-and-out goal scorer, don't they? Yeah, they do. I mean, it was sort of with a younger playing centre-forward all the time. And Curtis Main, who we, we know gives a lot of endeavour, um, and is actually really good at hitting the crossbar from 25, 30 yards. It's a season. But not the man you want to be, yeah, yeah, sticking the ball in the back of the yet. So, they're, yeah, they're not quite creating enough just now, are they? They're, um, but yeah, they're, they're one of these teams that actually, if we'd done a couple more pods within these two months, we'd definitely have had a few podcasts named after uh, some something to do with uh, Robinson or or you yeah. and the, 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 the DJ they've got banging uh, Heather Park for them now or something. Yeah, it's you'd be kind of the most lovable part of St. Mirren at the moment. Yes, uh, tell me so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, not got a huge amount to say. I think I think it was just very clear they need to invest if they're serious about a top six finish. Um, but Robinson's built squads. We see we saw him do it previously at Motherwell. It all kind of fell apart from obviously there. But Seam Robinson's a good manager. He's proven at this level, and I think credit to him. You know, he took over a St. Mary's team. You know that he had quite a bit of work to do there after after Goodwin going to kind of change it and put it more into his own mould, and he's done that successfully. I think he'll get a bit of backing in January. He's not going to get big money, but he'll get some money to kind of bring some yeah. more in. Um, and so yeah, I mean, another Australian actually, Australian invasion. There's Australians everywhere in the cinch these days, isn't there? Another one this time. Uh, all these English-born. It's Ryan Strain. He's one of my players to watch. He's actually fifteenth overall um, in terms of scoring, and I mean in the whole game. Uh, as a defender, that's after playing for St Mirren, that's pretty uh, exceptional. He joined from Maccabee Haifa and he was at Adelaide United for about five years before that. So yeah, Ryan Strain is 3.1 million now that seems to just, you know, score points for fun. So I think if you're thinking about someone in your wild card, a bit of a differential and you need to look to some of the other teams, he would be my suggestion. Yeah, love it. Okay. Get out of Heather Park uh, and up to Kotodre. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely uh, a slightly more somber mood after the four-one thrashing at the hen- at the hands of Rangers at the weekend. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a brief there was a brief twenty-minute spell at the start of the game where Aberdeen have fallen upon this formation that's sort of a three-five-two, three-four-one-two, whatever you want to call it. Um, in the last few games, it's actually gone quite well for them. Uh, sort of beating since the four-nil thrashing at Dundee United, they beat Hearts. And beat Thistle in the League Cup and then went away to Motherwell and won, which was like the first time Aberdeen had won away from home in the league that wasn't against St Johnston or that um, um, mishap for the keeper against Livingston in a long, long time. And this was a real bit of positivity about Aberdeen because uh, this sort of formation with the back three, Anthony Stewart's a player who's a decent enough defender but can't pass the ball, so you put him in the middle of it, sort of like Grant Hanley for Scotland, if you want that metaphor, uh, to keep him away from the ball, that works. And then you play Ross McCrory and Liam Scales either side, who have got a bit of pace about them and probably not good enough to play centre-half and a two. So that kind of works uh, to an extent against lesser opposition. But what happened against Rangers at the weekend was Rangers obviously play three up front and Aberdeen had three at the back. And so it was one-on-one and uh, they got absolutely annihilated. Uh, as soon as Rangers equalised, it just was uh, 4-1 going on 21. It was, uh, it was pretty uh, <laughs> pretty scary stuff. And, and, and the concerning thing, I think, is that, you know, managers can get it slightly wrong. And I think Aberdeen fans were delighted to see Goodwin have a go at Pataudry. But after sort of a 40-minute period and there was no changes at halftime, it was like, man, you've got to make a change here. Yeah, yeah. Is it a little bit concerning as much as you've got a lot to be, I think, 
pleased with in 13 games through the season, what they've achieved so far. But some of those big losses, like the Hibs loss, the Dundee United one, the Rangers one there, you know, you look to, for example, and this isn't talking about the Premiership, but you're in the League Cup semi-final. Is it sort of like, well, we've got no hope? You know, we're just not there yet, you know, to, to win big games like that. Well, yeah, I mean, the defensive record in those games has been really poor. At home, Aberdeen have been pretty excellent, really, um, scoring a lot of goals. But, yeah, I mean, four goals conceded against Dundee United, four against Rangers, three against Hibs. There's a, there's a big theme there. And, yeah, he's not got the defence. And this quote is going to come back to haunt Goodwin for as long as he is the Aberdeen manager. He said, after, like, one or two weeks in charge, the defence is easy, that's a quick fix. And he has still not fixed it. Um, is it, Jim? The is sign, this I is it Jim? Is it I? <laughs> um, you know what? The signings this summer, like a lot of them have been decent, but they bought way too many wingers, and there just wasn't enough reinforcements brought in at the back. And Aberdeen really only have, I mean, if you count Liam Scales as a centre half, they've got him and Stewart are the two centre halves, and then you've got Ross McCrory, and that's it. There is like you talk about Hearts not many centre halves. This is like no cover, and this is with them all fully fit. So there was a real hole in the whole in the transfer window in the summer um, and that's where the negativity is there's, there's been a lot of positivity though as well Ramadani looks a good signing he goes a bit out of his depth at Ibrox at the weekend but a lot of players will, will look like that against Tillman this season um, he seems to have been the best sort of passing and, and breaking up of play since we had the, that um, snake that is Ryan Jack up at Pataudry. Um so he's been decent and then obviously uh, Boyan Miofsky and Louis Lopez, the Duke, are just so exciting up front. And uh, yeah, the Duke, what a specimen he is. Unbelievable. The Duke has scored 27 points in the last three games. You advised me to bring him in uh, over Mevo in my wild card, which is quite a bold choice, really, but it has paid off. Yeah, obviously Miofsky's on pens, but yeah, the, the great thing about this formation he stumbled upon as well is it means you can play the Duke and Miofsky through the middle. Uh, which is good. And, and and Lopez was the only guy that came out of the game at Ibrox with pass marks. And, you know, boy boy, come from Benfica B. And I think uh, Aberino really struggled to keep hold of him in the summer. He looks just that sort of level above the um, Typically, <laughs> when you get a player like that, he's not going to last around. So we'll have to enjoy him while he lasts. Yeah. Um, positive, enough positive for Aberdeen. Got Connor Barron back. Uh, he's a really good player on the ball, really good sort of young midfielder in there and did score the, the initial goal at Ibrox. And then obviously Leighton Clarkson on loan um, from Liverpool has scored a couple of screamers as well. So yeah, uh, a mixed bag, I would say, Scobie. And with three games left, at least uh, Jim Goodwin will get to see the third one uh, from the side of the pitch. I believe his ban has been reduced. I don't want to go really into that, but uh, he's didn't, he didn't cover himself in glory with that whole uh, situation, did he? No, he didn't. And look, he shouldn't be going out and sort of labelling players' cheats. But the, the bans felt excessive um, when you think about other bans that have been given to players for sort of racist abuse and things like that in Scotland. And then, yeah, Goodwin got that um, absolutely huge one. So, uh, but yeah, it's like the SFA to be inconsistent, is it? Uh, yeah, it was surprising. It was surprising to say the least. Well, there we are. My player to watch was obviously Louis Lopez. But yes, oh. moving on to moving on to Hibs, actually, uh, after talking about Goodwin's ban. I think Hibs, uh, I've got to say, they've settled a bit under Johnson, haven't they? The results have sort of finally come and he seems to be building a bit a team with a bit of character and spine now. And I must say, Ryan Porches has been brilliant this season. And I really think they're going to struggle to keep hold of him much longer at this rate. 
Yeah, I mean, he obviously, uh, like, what a performance he, he put in for Scotland, yeah. and Scotland's greatest hour of need, and he, it was great having him on the Terrace, um, the View from the Terrace TV show as well, because it just sort yeah. of, he is a down-to-earth guy, and at the end of the day, like, you get, these people get so much abuse, and they get an interview, and you're like, I just love the boys, really, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a bit of a fanny, but... Uh, yeah, no, he's been really good this season. Um, did try and uh, the St Johnston goal. There was a slight nudge on him, and he went down like a sack of tatties. VAR um, <laughs> was not there to save him. That no, time. no, no. Uh, I, I'd actually pick out. I think we already ha- already half mentioned his name earlier. Rocky Bashiri, the redemption that man has had since the sort of laughing stock he was in the summer. He's been really, really solid for Hibs this year. Yeah, he has been good. He has been good. I got. I think you laughed at me. I'm going to get that soundbite out when I put him in my yeah. team. So I'm see. always laughing at you still, mate. Yeah, I know, exactly. I got, I got told, look, he's playing well in pre-season and these League Cup games when he when he's not kind of getting his points deducted for, for even being there. Um, and and you laughed at me. So, no, yes, he has been good. He has been good. I think Martin Boyle's return was welcome. Uh, I think Elkerson's starting to play well. And one player I'm going to pick out, he's my player to watch, actually. It's the boy that they've got up top, big Mikola. It's and Big Mick. He's called it. He's called, I thought you get this. In Leaf, yeah. they're calling them Big Mick. You don't even have to try big and pronounce Mick. his name. <laughs> no, I want to get the whole thing. Kucherovic. Kucherovic, I think. But uh, difficult. But yeah, he, he, he's a real bag of tricks, isn't he? Yeah, he's got two and two. Yeah. And I love this. He's four and a half million. So he enters that conversation. I think, I cannot say how exciting that top three is in Fantasy Football Scotland. Because picking your strikers, you know, you wish you had five or six spots. Yeah. Because it, it's so exciting. There's so many interesting striking options in the, yeah. in the sense this year. Yeah, you're right. Because I think last year it might have been midfielders and we were sort of really struggling picking mm. strikers. And this year, yeah, yeah, big Mick. As he's getting known, uh, yeah, and Leaf is just like he's what he's twenty-one Ukrainian, yeah, you know, quite tall and gangly. I, I yeah. don't know who you compare him to, maybe sort of like Berbatov style striker or something like. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, but he's great and he's got serious talent, and um, yeah, it's definitely the the one to watch going forward for Hibs. Yeah, definitely, and I think on that sort of striking conversation as well, just to kind of just to sit on that for a second. I mean, obviously you've got um, Cholak, you've kind of got to have from from Rangers. Yeah. He's going to be in everyone's side, and that, and I'm rightly so. Certainly, it's been kind of interesting because you know we were all on the Kyogo wagon. He scored a lot of points, I think, Champions League, kind of you know, and then now he's going to be going off the World Cup, and so he. So we went to Yakamakis, but actually, it's like, is there a gap there? And then you've basically got Van Veen, Mivo. Lopez, Shankland, you know, Big Mick. You know, there's so many players that could be interesting within that. New Blaze sort of bordering. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really, really good fun. Really good fun. That was a nice segue. Are you done on Hibs or do you want to keep going? I'm done on Hibs. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move you, on. You, you pick up on, on, on Kolak there. Um, definitely looks like to me going to be the first striker to score 20 goals in Scottish top flight since I believe um, Edward a uh, number of years ago now. His... Um, his finishing is excellent. I think his X, so he's got 11 goals this season and his XG is six and a half. So he's like scoring really difficult chances, but I wouldn't say he looked like flukes. He just looks like a finisher that's just going to always score those difficult chances and a, and a, and a cut above um, any, any, anything else um, finishing wise in this, in the Scottish top flight, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. He's uh I was just actually looking back. So it was an interesting you, you're going to try and call me out on that. I think I think <laughs> it's right. I think it's right. 
Um, so yeah. we can. You're right. I think you're we, right. We can touch a bit more. I mean, Rangers look. They've obviously got a lot of injuries. They've obviously had yeah, officially the worst Champions League campaign ever. Granted, it was a tough group. You got Napoli, one of the most exciting teams in Europe right now. Liverpool, uh, obviously finalists last year, and then Ajax, who ain't half bad as well. They've got a lot of defensive injuries, so I think you're, we've got to stay, steer clear apart from, of course, Tav, who did miss a penalty against Aberdeen. Haven't already scored as well, so that would have been a huge hole. Two missed pens from the old firm teams at the weekend, both off the post. Who would have thought? Uh, I, I really thought, um, I mean, God, Aberdeen made everyone look good against Rangers at the weekend, but Sakala looked really decent. Um, got I got himself a nice assist as well, and I think a goal too. So he looked like he, he could be quite um, a, a productive asset and uh, for fantasy football Scotland. Um, there. Yeah, I mean, I think the World Cup can't come soon enough. We're, you know, it, it, it's it, that hilarious title that it was on, I think, the back of the Express or something this morning. Rangers are the worst team in history, um, as the history books will now will now state uh, on Champions League records anyway. Mm-hmm. Gio is on a sugarly peg, isn't he? You know, like that was bad. I mean, I'm just thinking, let's play this one out. They've got three games to come until the World Cup. Is it feasible he could be gone? They've got St. Johnston hitting a bit of form. And wouldn't it be like St. Johnston to just beat Rangers? You know, if we're going back to the Davidson of old, run with me on this one. They've got Hearts away on a Wednesday night. Mm. And then they've got St. Mirren away to finish it. Yeah. I mean, I would have said that, but then... He I'd drops know. points in two of those games. I think he could be gone. Yeah. And they get rid of him and they get someone in over the World Cup. It was a Dundee game. They were really, really poor. But, I mean, he can point to, you know, this horrific amount of injuries they got. as yeah. proper 11 players. And, you know, yeah. whilst it has been a, a really poor run, I mean, it's just always so relative with the old firm, isn't it? I mean, just as a fan of a club outside them, I really struggled to see a guy who's won four out of his last five in the league on the, on the chance of getting sacked and only four points off Celtic. But they do feel further away. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. look, who it's funny but, yeah Dude. i'm just i just got a bit of post-traumatic stress from the fact they could have scored 20 against that yeah no true true <laughs> I think, um interesting opportunity for them there i think tillman i will perk out he's somebody looking pretty good for them yeah. so far he's obviously going to be off to the world cup isn't he with the with the u.s uh player to watch though and say this is an opportunity ben davies i think for his price is great value right now he's three and a half million and he's going to start regularly goldson that is now going to be out we think for for a number of months after the injury that he picked up against liverpool so we think it's probably going to be Davies starting alongside King. Uh, King's, you know, pretty young. So um, I would look to him if you're looking to to, to kind of wild card um, here or just after the after Christmas. Because I think he'll be he'll be starting. Indeed. All right, that's eleven out of twelve. Shall we go to Parkhead? The 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 oh, well, not, must, if not we quite must. runaway leaders, but um, yeah, certainly the the, the team most impressive this season. How have you, how have you made? The, the, the champions, um, like, how have you made it so far? All right, there. <laughs> just, just fell off my chair there. Talking yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, just looking at that, that record. Yeah, look, they're a different class so far this year, aren't they? Um, European stuff aside, I think they've, they, they should probably be a, rightly a little bit disappointed with their European campaign, but they've just been, you know, another class in the in the Scottish Premiership and having fun doing it. 42 goals scored so far to Rangers 31, putting it in context because obviously that's way above everybody else anyway. Nine goals conceded to Rangers 11. Um, I think, look, I can't see them losing the title this year. 
They're out of Europe, and interestingly enough, both them and Rangers are obviously not going to be in Europa League yet either, which is going to have, I think, repercussions then on on fantasy football Scotland. and could be actually kind of interesting because we'll see less rotation, less resting. They've not got a huge amount more to play for, so they're going to just be concentrating on the league, fighting it out, I'm sure, between the two of them. Players coming back from the World Cup. They've got quite a few players going to the World Cup, um, particularly with, with Japan, don't they? Um, so, yeah, how will that affect them? I don't know. Disrupt their flow that they're currently in. I mean, I think you just look to their bench they have every game and it's just an embarrassment, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's just unbelievable. The players, the, the three players they'll bring on, it's something like, oh, here comes... Five know. players you can bring on now. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I know, but they'll bring three on at a time. Turnbull, Moy and big Jack Amakis. It's just like, fuck. Yeah. Like, how, yeah. how, you know, how are our clubs in Scotland meant to deal with that? It's just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, player for me to watch, I mean, you could you could pick so many. Um there's one that's irritated me, which we'll come on to in a second, because I think he's been one of your players this season. But uh, Matt O'Reilly's been different class, I think. Um, Jota and Kilgore have got the plot some more goals, but I think he's arguably been their more, most consistent. Um, and I know the yeah. game... One thing I would say about O'Reilly, now with Cal Mack being out for an extended period of time, O'Reilly, O'Reilly seems to be the one that's dropped into that deeper role. Yeah. I actually think from a Scott, fantasy football Scotland point of view, his... His upside's definitely um, been reduced massively by by Cal McGregor being out injured. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But wildly, his ownership's only nine point nine percent. You know, but he's he's you know top ten scorer in the in the game. Uh, Sixty three points he's on. So I think he's a must have. I think for you though, I think he's one of the men that's led you to the position you're in. And I basically <laughs> say it. it's another Taylor at the back. It's Greg Taylor. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been oh, sort of falling out of favour a little bit in the league games because obviously the Champions League um, mm. has taken up a lot of uh, game time for him. And he's been a bit tired, but yeah, two goals in his last two matches. Uh, he'd be he's been excellent. I mean, there's been so many calls that that Celtic fans thought that Taylor would drop out of the team, but yeah, ex Kilmarnock player as well. So another Taylor that's done well, and he's been yeah been one that's done really well. Sort of moving, moving further forward up the pitch. That's Jota now back from injury. He came off the bench against Livingston and then also against Real Madrid tonight. He scored in both games. And I think we both went for Haksabanovic. I mean, he looks like a good player, but just hasn't returned fantasy football Scotland-wise. So I'm definitely thinking of getting Jota back in. Yes. Um, and then you've already touched on it. It's just, is it Giacomacchus? Is it Kyogo? I mean, to be honest, both of them will probably score each game, even if one of them gets half an hour. Because when they one comes off the bench, the team they're playing are more tired. Yeah, probably exactly. going to get a couple more chances. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's a strange one with Celtic, isn't it? Because you talk about them scoring forty-two goals in the Scottish Premiership, and you look at like Hill was finished against Livingston on Sunday, and it's like sensational. And then that step up to the Champions League, they created so many chances. They could just stick a ball in the back of the net. It's, 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 I just can't get my head around that. Must be the, oh. the difference in pressure. Having yeah. never played in the Champions League, I'm sure I'm sure you feel it, but uh, <laughs> I just can't quite understand why these players who are supposedly so good cannot just quite lift it up. So uh, yeah, it's definitely work to be done for Celtic in, in Europe, and it's another year of definitely disappointing European football, despite maybe them thinking that they're 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 going in the right direction. Yeah, I think so. I think the thing that Ange just needs to get rid of is the consistency in reaching those group stages, you know, and not having the hiccups and, you know, in the third round of qualifying or whatever it is that's been their, that's been their downfall. They need to be making the Champions League year on year um, and, 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 and getting more experience to that level. And that's the way they'll, that's the way they'll get there. Um, so back to your point, you are right, Odison Edward, in 2019-2020, John, with 22 goals. There you go. So that's what, three, yeah, two, 
He is the only uh, player uh, to go over the 20 goal mark in the last uh, six seasons. Can you name the one that did previously? Previous to Edward will be another Celtic um, striker, Dembele. No, you're wrong. It's Liam Boyce at Ross County when he scored 23 goals in 2016, 2017. Wow. Year before that, Lee Griffiths with 31. I think he's the last yeah. one to go over 30 since yeah. Chris Boyd back in mid, yeah, 2005, 2006 when he was uh, started at Killian and went to Rangers. So there Very you go. Interesting. Very interesting. I would not have had Boyce down. That's a good start. Good start, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, that, that completes part two. Welcome back to part three of this week's Fantasy Football Pods. It's three weeks to go until the World Cup, so this is the time now to cement your ranking, chase people in the league as well, and you've got to be thinking about um, what kind of transfers we're going to be doing this weekend, Scobie. What do you reckon? It's uh, it's a tough one. I mean, I've just actually been through, as we were posting about on Twitter, my wild card. So I didn't, uh, I rolled a transfer last week. I've got two now to go. So I should be happy with my team. Um, but I think I'm probably looking, is it time to bring back uh, Kyogo and Jota? Uh, mm. I think I, I, I didn't have bo- either of them because of the, at the time when I did my wild card, I was, yeah, I had hacks that I had Yakimaka. Um, so I think for me, it's probably looking uh, like bringing those two back in. More importantly, though, John, you're flying high at the top, in the top echelon of fantasy. Top echelon. I, I was top for a week, and now I'm second. That Jackamakis hit the post was a real costly one because he was my vice captain. Uh, also, Who was it got sent off and got your minus points? Was it Taylor? Taylor got... Did he get sent off or it was just an own goal? That was an own goal, that was it. Yeah, was yeah. It. So there was a couple of misses, but, you know, Martin Boyle scored a penalty. Uh, yeah. Truelak obviously scored. Um, yeah, I've got a little bit of work to be done on this team now. Uh, Haxabanovic, as I say, is going to come out, I think, for Jota. Yeah. Campbell was quite, has been all right for me with Hibs, but he now was, wasn't starting against St Mirren. And Hibs are, you know, that was a great performance when 3 0 uh, last week against them. So it's difficult to see how Campbell gets back into the team. So maybe there's. There's, some, there's there's someone to bring in there. And then also, whilst Bojan Miofsky has been really good returner uh, this season, it feels like his, um, his form has been dropping off slightly recently. Uh, having said that, you've got... Um, Aberdeen have now got two home games in the last three, which is uh, against Hibs and Dundee United and they're away to Livingston. So maybe just hold on to him uh, for the last few and see what happens. Uh, I think I'm going to hold on to Akamakis. Uh, I think I think him and Kyogo is a toss up, right? Well, my other thoughts are bringing Shankland. I think maybe it's time. Yeah, I think I think Shank can be a shout. Obviously, hold off until uh, Hearts' excursions are finished in Europe tomorrow night, and just see if anything happens there. But yeah, Shankland's red hot right now. Red yeah, Shankland and Jota could be the two coming back. Yeah, so we've got a few weeks left until the World Cup. We'll maybe squeeze in our pod in before that. How are you feeling about the World Cup break, John? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's bizarre. We're not there. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a World Cup. And obviously, there's awful, awful human rights stuff attached to this. You try not to get involved. But yeah, it's a World Cup. And, you know, there's, there's four games a day. And yeah. I'll be watching them while I'm at work and probably in the pub for quite a lot of it as well. Well, I'm going to make the Socceroos the unofficial team of the Fantasy Football Pod World Cup. That, that's, that's, that is who we're getting behind. 
Yeah. I noticed actually uh, Kyogo wasn't involved, he's not made the Japan squad for the World Cup, which was, uh, they must have been watching his finishing in the Champions League and thought, I'm not having any of that at the World Cup. There we are. Right. I think that wraps us up. It does. Lovely to chat to you again and run through after, after the last few months, everything that's been going on. We've got lots to look forward to Christmas around the corner and potentially a pod in a shed. Am I right, John? Yes, the shed is red and will most likely be back this year. Uh, we'll have to tap Jerry up again for some of his tenants' cans. He's been Maybe we can bring the cans. We can bring the cans this time. <laughs> right, fella. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you, listeners, for, for, for tuning in again. And uh, good luck for this weekend.